And uh, I, I know that uh, we had many who invited friends and guests, and they were not able to be here. But I want to encourage you and tell you that really any day is a good day to have your friends here. Any day is a good day to uh, to invite them to be in service with us and uh, I'll doesn't have to be on a day that's uh, specified as Friends Day, uh, but I was glad that we had such a great, uh, great crowd last Sunday, and uh, to see so many uh, new faces, new people who are here with us, and all the fellowship and everything that took place following the service, just a fantastic weekend, amen, and we started last Sunday this uh, this series, it's a series that we are revisiting, uh, one from a couple of years ago that, uh, that I had taught. I think it was the first series I taught on a Wednesday night, uh, after becoming pastor here. And, uh, I want to just, just felt to go back to this, um, for us here on a Sunday morning. And so we're talking about creating habits in our life, healthy habits. Uh, but not just uh, that they're healthy, but uh, we're referring to these as uphill habits. And that's because most people have uphill hopes and downhill habits. That's typically what we see uh, in, in our life unless we are very intentional about creating uphill habits. Meaning, uh, uphill meaning that uh, there is... Uh, going to be some intentionality about it. It's going to be some work that it's not going to be something that you're just going to fall into. You're not going to just automatically do this. You have to be intentional about creating good habits, healthy habits, godly habits. And hope is something that in all of us, we, we hope to do good things. We hope to be, uh, to be doing things that God would be pleased with us for. And, and hope is a wonderful thing. It's mentioned a lot in scriptures. But hope really is simply a motivator. It's not the strategy. Hope is something it can keep or it can get you going, but it's not necessarily going to keep you going. So most people, they need habits to get them to where they actually want to go, which is to be formed in the image of God or to be um, the, the uh, reflection of who God made us to be. And so, thank goodness, the Bible does tell us a lot about habits and things that we ought to do. And as I said, these are not necessarily easy things, but they are worthwhile. They are very worthwhile. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, To be not conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This is the transformation that we're looking for. I'm looking for a transformation that goes from my old man, who I used to be, that a person before Perhaps for you, for the person before you ever came to Christ, before you ever said, Jesus, I'm going to give my life and devote my life to you. That person, that old man, that 
Or maybe it's for somebody today and you say, well, I grew up in church. You know, I didn't, I didn't have a, a life that was, um, you know, that uh, was ever really uh, outside the church doors. I, I didn't grow up that way. But, but there was still a point in your life where, where you made a decision for yourself. It wasn't because of what your parents said. It wasn't because of what your, uh, your friends group was saying. It was a decision that you made for yourself that says, I am going to serve the Lord. And it's a decision that I'm making. And so when you made that decision, you're saying the old man of who I was is no longer who I'm going to be. The way that I used to act that's not how I'm going to act anymore. I'm going to be a new man. And that's the uh, analogy that we get from Scripture, going from the old man to the new man. And the new man acts differently than the old man, looks differently than the old man. Not only has he been changed in that moment when you came out of the world, but you're continuing to change. And it's this striving that you have to continue to mature into what God has called you to be. And we see from that scripture, it says, don't be conformed to the world or don't look like the world. Why? Because you've been transformed. In other words, don't look like the old person anymore. If you have been transformed, then we ought to look different, have a renewed mind, a new mind. Why? So that we can prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The message version of the Bible, it ends that a little bit differently. It says that, ends it by saying that God develops a well-formed maturity in you. That through this process of renewal, through this process of going from the old man of who you were to the new man, it's it's forming or it's developing a well-formed maturity in you. And that's the goal of what uh, all of us really should have as long as we're following Christ. See, last week we focused on a specific habit, which was to give God our very first. Give God the first of everything. And I believe that there's power in the first things because First things tell about, tell a lot about our priorities. They tell us a lot about what really matters to us. They, they set that precedent for what is to come after that. And I wonder if there's, um, I'm not going to make you raise your hand, but I wonder if there's anybody who, uh, practiced that, practiced forming that habit this week because we said it's something that you have to do intentionally. Uh, when you wake up in the morning, what do you do first? What's the first thing that you do at the beginning of your day? Are you setting that aside for some time with God? Are you, even if it's, even if you're waking up late, you find yourself one morning waking up late, uh, later than you, you wanted to, can you at least set your thoughts on God as you're rushing around getting ready for your day and, and just say, God, just begin to speak to him and allow him to, to, to know that God, my thoughts are on you and I'm thinking about what you want to do in me today and, and allow the very first part of your day to be a day. Now, ideally, what we could do is to have time at the beginning of our day that we're diving into the word of God. We're spending some time in prayer with God and, and all of that, I believe, really matters. It sets a precedent for the rest of our days, the first of our day, the first of our week. That's why we gather here, the first of our week, first 
the first time, first things really matter. I believe that, uh, that principle, we see it in tithing. We talked about that last week. In tithing, we give the first tenth of uh, what matters to us, and God blesses the rest. But uh, not to rehash all of that from last week, I want to uh, dive in today on another habit and challenge you to some things uh, that, uh, that would come out of this. So simply this habit is that we need to control our thoughts. Control my thoughts. Uh, that we, we all have a, a thought life. The, the things that are going on inside of our mind that nobody else can see. Nobody else knows what our thoughts are. Except for God. God does, does know our thoughts. And... But, but everybody else around us, they, they have no idea what we're thinking. And sometimes we don't even know why we're thinking what we're thinking. But there's something that, that caused those thoughts. There's something, some reason that we might dwell on certain thoughts. If you've ever gone back and done an assessment of your life and you've, you've looked at those pivotal moments, every single one of them, at least for me, was when I had a thinking or a change of my thinking. Now, the truth is that your life is, it's never, or it's, I'm sorry, your life is uh, going to be marked by how well you do this habit of controlling the things that you allow your thoughts to dwell on. Let, let me say it this way, that none of us will ever change our lives until we change the way that we think. If you want to change your life, it doesn't begin just by doing it. It changes by thinking and believing that you are going to do something differently or that you're going to be somebody different. That's that it's possible for you to change. If you don't even believe it in your thought life that it's possible to change, then it's not going to happen. See, Solomon, this man in Scripture who is known for his wisdom, he said in Ecclesiastes 10... Verse 2, that a wise man's heart is at his right hand, but a fool's heart is at his left hand. It's at his left. Now, he's using in this a uh, an understanding. It's, it's not really talking about the right hand and the left hand. It's more so this understanding of the, the power of, or speaking of power and weakness, and or right living and wrong living. We see this, uh, this, uh, Understanding it in, in our day, kind of unraveling what, uh, what Solomon was saying to us here in the message version. It says, wise thinking leads to right living, but stupid thinking leads to wrong living. Now that seems rather obvious. It seems, it seems pretty obvious that, you know, think wise thoughts, you're going to have a uh, right living. If you, you think stupid thoughts, you're going to leave, uh, you know, live a, a life that you're not happy with, a wrong living. But how often do we allow ourselves to dwell in thoughts that do not line up with the Word of God? Right? There's, there's things, you, you read it, you know what the Word of God says, 
But in your thoughts, you're thinking something that is so contrary to this. You're saying, well, but my reality says this. But my experience tells me this. And, and so your thoughts go so often to what our experience is or what we can make sense of or what we think, you know, this is how it ought to be. But when God says uh, something, that is the only right way of thinking. Our thought life really needs to line up to the word of God and allow the word of God to speak to us and allow that to be what our thoughts are entertained by. If you, uh, if you allow yourself, uh, to, uh, to dwell or to, to have the, the intake of, uh, of everything that you're consuming throughout the day be thoughts from media and all these different sources of media, that do not have the agenda of God. If you are allowing all of that to consume your mind and your thoughts are always centered around the world is falling apart, that there's, there is, you know, everybody's out to, to get me or, or maybe it's, you know, just, just about, um, you know, every, uh, every push from this world to try to, to try to get us to, uh, to think things that are contrary to, to what God's word would say, to devalue life, to do, uh, devalue the things of God, to, uh, to give people, uh, the, the freedom of, uh, for, uh, for things that God would say that we are free from, that, uh, that we are in bondage, uh, when we do the things that the world would say we ought to do. Uh, but, but when you allow all these things to begin to come in to our minds, uh, it, it begins to control our thoughts. And so we need to allow our thoughts to be on good things, on godly things, that wise things are going to lead to right living. Stupid thinking is going to lead to wrong living. So what I want to do today is to give you really two teachings in this message. And the first one is that I want to teach you about thinking I want to teach you the, the theology and the principles about thinking. And then I want to give you some practical parts that you can actually leave here today and you can apply to, um, to this, what Scripture tells us about what forms our thoughts. So first, I want you to know that everything begins with a thought. It's that first check mark there on your notes. That everything begins with a thought. The things that you're doing well and the things that you aren't doing well are both being fueled by thinking that happened prior to that action. So in other words, if you try to change a behavior without changing the thought that fed the behavior, you'll never change the behavior. All of it is beginning right here in your head. It starts here. The behavior begins in your mind. There's a practice that I've really started to understand and to apply in my own life. That, uh, and, and I've become very careful about what I allow myself to hear and to do very early in the day. I was talking last week about the things we do early. It's so easy to just go straight to my phone and to check my text messages or to get on Facebook or... Uh, you know, I'll look at the score for the game last night or whatever 
the deal is, and it's, it's been a while, but, but I used to, to flip on the morning news a while back and see what's going on in the world. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the first thing that I would take in the day. But inevitably, almost like the enemy knows, whatever I choose to do in the morning sets my feeling for the day. And if I grab my phone before I grab my Bible or before I just kneel down and, and pray or even just open my mouth or begin to think on the Lord and, and begin to pray to Him, then it's almost too late already by that point because I get distracted and before I know it, my mind has already wandered off to something else. I don't know, maybe you're the same as me or similar to me. See, mornings, they're already bad enough. I'm not a morning person necessarily myself. Give me some coffee and then may, might get a little better. So why do we need to make them worse by setting the tone of our day with that negative news or the mindless and, and worthless posts that we may see on media and social media? And you know, if I can throw on some worship music in the morning, uh, as soon as I wake up, I promise you my day is going to be so much better. I was getting around this morning and just putting on some, some worship music, some good gospel music, and my thoughts are affected by that. It, it sets the tone for my morning of how it's going to be. And so, uh, and so it's a deliberate act, though, that I have to do. I have to deliberately uh, do this so that I'm beginning my day and my thoughts in, in, in a way that, that I can think on the things that God would, would have me to think about. So everything begins with the thought. Even the process that God wants to do in you begins with new thinking. We, we already read the scripture, but I want to go back to it in Romans 12, 2, and we'll read it in the New Living Translation here. It says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Notice that. He transforms you by changing the way that you think. The renewing, that's the renewing of your mind. What we read earlier in King James, it says, by the renewing of your mind. That's changing the way that you think. This is the process by which God transforms who we are. It starts right up here. And here's, here's the second principle. That we, what we think determines how we feel. We're taking notes today. That's that next blank there. That what we think determines how we feel. That you may be blaming how you feel on your kids or your spouse, that annoying coworker that sits next to you. But trust me, those things are not truly making you feel how you feel. That your thought life and your response to those things is determining how you feel. Believe me, everyone lives in the same world as you, but many people are choosing different thoughts from the things that they're faced with. And that's why I want to encourage you to filter the thoughts that come through your mind. We can have all this stimulus of things that come into our world. Are we going through things? And I, I see people face uh, similar situations and have very different outcomes or have very different attitudes about it. And that, that determines a lot about what the outcome is going to be, what their attitude is or what their thoughts are 
about what they're facing. And I'm just going to ask you to do something big here, and that is that you will go along with, uh, go, uh, that you will uh, come and, and begin to uh, think about what your thoughts are about the situations that you are facing and be intentional about thinking that through whatever I'm going through, I'm going to have a positive outlook because I know that God is with me in this and that as long as he is with me, then I am going to come out the other side of it and know that he is, he was with me the whole way. And you can go through some very difficult, very troubling things and and still know that God was with me in that, and 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 I, I'm better for it. It's, I, sometimes, well, sometimes that's hard to believe that you can come out the other side of difficult situations better for it. But God, come on! As long as you keep your mind stayed on Him, you know Him better in the out in, in the outcome and coming out of that than you did going into it, because God reveals Himself to us. In the midst of trouble, we get to know him through uh, through the different situations that we go through. And so uh, I want us to uh, make sure that when we are uh, thinking that what we think, it's going to determine how we feel. The next thing that we have is that our thoughts are going to determine our destiny. What are you going to be? This time next year. If you, if you don't know where you're going, then you need to change the way that you're thinking about your future. If I could say it this way, that you are today where your thoughts have brought you. And you will go tomorrow where your thoughts will take you. Listen, I, this is not just a bunch of positive thinking junk. This is God's word. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that, that it's whatever you can think and, and form in your mind that that's, you know, it's gonna, everything is possible. I'm, we, we know that it's by God that all things are possible. We know that it's, it's through God. And so, uh, so don't just, don't just believe that whatever you dream up and whatever you think, that all that is going to come to pass. No, we're, we're going to talk about the, the importance of filtering all of our thoughts through the Word of God, or th- filtering all of our thoughts through, uh, through making sure that it aligns with what God would, would think or have us to think. So it's not just any thoughts that you have, but when you allow your thoughts, uh, or whatever you allow in your thoughts is going to determine where you're at. Because your thoughts are leading you. Your thoughts uh, are, are, are causing you. It's, you know, whatsoever a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Right? Whatever you have at the seat of your emotions, your heart, the, the place that, that it's, it's drawing you and, and, and the things that, that you're allowing to uh, have your, uh, set your priorities, that so is he. That those Things that you have on the in, inside of you, that's eventually going to come out and be manifest in who you are. So your thoughts will determine your destiny. In Romans chapter 8, verse, verses 5 through 6, it says that those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit 
Think about things that please the Spirit. So if your sinful nature controls your mind, there's death. But if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, there's life and peace. Notice that it says, controls your mind. That if your sinful nature controls your mind, if that's what is causing the, if that's the filter for your thoughts, it's your sinful nature. It's, it's leading you to a certain destiny, which scripture tells us is death. Now, it's not just death, death. All of us will experience death here on this earth. We're talking about a spiritual death, a death beyond death. When there's a death of the spirit or a death of our, uh, our connection with God, when, when our sinful nature is controlling our mind, it's leading you away from God. And, and as long as you keep on walking away from God, God isn't going to, uh, God isn't going to make you change your direction. God, I believe that God is chasing after you and He's, He wants you. He's not willing that any should perish, but God is not going to make you do it. It's a decision that you have to make on your, on your own. And so if you allow your sinful nature to control your mind, it's going to lead to spiritual death. You can walk away from your salvation. You can walk away from God and, and see all of what God did for you and have no effect if you continue on that path. Now there's always the chance for redemption as long as we are still alive, but, but I believe that you can walk away from the change and the, the greatness of all that God accomplished for you in your life if you then allow your sinful nature to control your thoughts, control your mind. It says, but if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, we have a different destiny. When the Holy Spirit controls my mind, my destiny is life and peace. Come on. What a, what a, a contrast in the destiny of, of when my, my carnal nature, my, uh, my sinful nature is controlling my thoughts compared to when the Holy Spirit is controlling my thoughts. I don't want death. I want life and peace. That's what I want. And it's, it's talking about life and peace here on this earth as well as beyond this earth. You're going to see life everlasting. So let's, let's allow the Holy Spirit to be the thing that controls our mind. And now, again, again, this, uh, God is not controlling in the, in the sense that, that He is going to make you do it. But when we say control here, we're, we're looking at the fact that it is what dominates your mind. When the Holy Spirit is something that you allow to dominate your thoughts, it's the thing that, uh, is, 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 uh, consuming your thoughts. Controlling your mind here is not God coming in and saying, you have to do this. You have your own will. And so, but when you allow the Holy Spirit to come in and consume your thought life, there is life and there's peace that it's leading you to. Now, the only way to really prove this is to put it to the test. And I want you to see what God does in your life this week if you put that to the test by thinking on spiritual things. If you if you this week uh, would would begin to put this into practice and create this habit, oh, we're talking about forming habits, so we got to get practical in this. There's there's got to be some practicality for you that if you can 
have these five ways. And if you flip over your notes, we're going to look at five ways to master this habit. There's this first way is that you would find a plan to control your thoughts. I want to find a plan to control my thoughts. See, some of us, or for some of us, bad thinking is, is primarily coming from the internet. It's about time that you make the decision that you're not going to be a lone ranger at this thing anymore. That you would have an accountability partner. That you'd have somebody there that, that can keep you accountable. I, I know... I know what's out there, and you don't need your thoughts to be perverted by what you're going to find on the internet, or what you allow your thoughts uh, to, to drift towards in, the, in those areas. You need a plan to control your thoughts. I know we're just diving right in, digging right in. This, this goes for both men and women, that you need to find a way to control your thoughts. The best way, the best way, I believe, is to simply open up your Bible and to read the word of God. That's the best plan to control your thoughts. Allow the word of God to be what you are consuming. So that what you consume begins to, to come into your thought life. And it's amazing to me how when you read your Bible it changes the way that you think. It will take negative Awful, demonic, depressive thoughts, and it will replace them with how God sees you. It's, it's incredible to see the transformative work of, of the Word of God and what the Spirit can do in you when we allow the Word to come alive in us. Now, scripture tells us that the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces the dividing and sunder of the thoughts and the spirits. It's in your, it gets up all in your spirit and, and, the, and it breathes life into you. So allow the Word of God, which is alive, to speak life into you. It's a good plan to have. Plan in your life to get the Word of God flowing into your thoughts. The second, the second way that we can master this habit. Sorry for some of us. The uh, looks like my notes got a little messed up. May, may say number seven there, six and seven for some it says one and two. But uh, the second thing, find a place to think your thoughts. Find a place to think your thoughts. Of course, here I'm, I'm talking about our, our prayer life. And I've, I've said this ever since I was a youth pastor and I uh, would say this often to them that if you don't know the next time that you're going to pray, I'm talking about just like a dedicated time of, of prayer. If you don't know that next time, then you're probably not going to do it. If you don't know that tomorrow morning, just like this morning and just like yesterday morning, that tomorrow morning I'm going to pray and this is the time in which I'm going to do it, then you're probably not going to do it. So have a, a place or a certain time as well that you would think your thoughts. Have a daily conversation with God. Just, just talk to God. By the way, if, if time is an issue, he would rather hear one sentence from you. I said this last week. Just, just hey God, you know that uh, right now I'm pretty busy. I woke up late. I wish I had some more time. Uh, I love you. 
God, you know that today I'm going to do my best and I want you to help me to do my best to serve you. I want to at least spend some time and be intentional about spending uh, or having a conversation with God early in the morning. That's all you have time for. They would rather have that coming to your thoughts early in the day than to have nothing. So let me say again that God, he will keep you in perfect peace when your thoughts are focused on him. We, we see that there in the scripture in Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3. It says, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted. When your mind is stayed on God, when that's what is, is, is uh, consuming your thoughts, when, you, when it's, it's about God, you are going to be in perfect peace because you have trust that the God of peace is there with you. That the God of everything, he is there with you. Colossians 3.2 says to set your affection on things above and not on things that are here on earth. That's your affection. Let the things that you love, the things that you desire... Let those be the things which are of the spirit and not the things which are of the natural. Find a place to think your thoughts. Know where you're going to pray. If it's on your way to work in the morning in your car, then that's your place to pray. On reforming some habits here. This is a way to to form these habits, to master this habit, to, to know where is that place that I am going to pray. And maybe for you, you need to do some resituating or even in the environment of your house to create a place where you can pray and, and allow your thoughts to come in, uh, in alignment with God. All right, next thing. That we would find a person, or we could even say people, to stretch my thoughts. Find a person to stretch your thoughts. Your, your life, it would be great if you get everything lined up and you start living right. But even then, it's not going to be complete unless you involve God's people in the process. You can, you can have everything lined up. You can be doing really well. And in, in your mind, you're, you're feeling like, you know, I'm, I'm doing pretty good here. But if you don't have the family of God around you, the body of Christ that uh, that you are connected with, then you are you have not really uh, you are not really complete in that moment, because it's His plan that the body of Christ or that the church would come together and that we would provoke one another to good works, not provoke one another uh, in, in a bad way, but provoke one another in a good way. There's stretching that happens when we come together as the body of Christ, when we come together as the church. There's stretching that begins to happen in our thoughts about, wow, I never thought about that possibility of what God can do. I never thought about that scripture in that way. I've never thought about uh, about that until I heard your testimony of what God did for you in your life. And you begin to see your thoughts stretched because you are gathering together with people of like mind. And you are being encouraged and strengthened because your thoughts are being stretched by the people of that, by the people that God would put into your life. So I want to encourage you to join together with the people who are sitting around you this morning. 
If you look around here today, get together with them outside of service times. I don't want us to just come here on Sunday or Wednesday, and that's the only time that you that you uh, ever interact with the people that are around you. Uh, but but join. Uh, join together with them across a table and have conversation and let it be a conversation that is centered around God. Next thing. Find a purpose to land my thoughts. Find a purpose to land my thoughts. Now this, uh, maybe it doesn't make much sense when I just say it that way, but you want to fill in your blanks that way. Find a purpose to land your thoughts. I would say that the healthiest thought that you can have is, is thoughts about why you are on this planet. Why am I here? And why, why do I say this? Because it begins to really give you purpose. Now, sometimes if you are completely confused about why am I here, that's uh, a confusing place to be. But if you would go to the Word of God, as we've already stated, it does tell us why we are here. In fact, there's a scripture that we've already visited two times this morning. We're going to go back to it right now. It's in uh, Romans 12, 2. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? That you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That God has a perfect and acceptable will for your life. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for your life. And we see uh, through scripture that that plan for your life is revealed through uh, our obedience to him and through our um, willingness to, to go where he would send us to do, uh, to do unto others as, uh, you know, to, to be the, to be Christ to others and to show them that there has uh, been a work done in our life that they ought to experience as well. We see that. Come on, the, the whole church in the book of Acts was founded on that principle that, that the church would go and that they would not just be transformed themselves, but they would tell somebody else about the transformation that's happened and the revelation that God came in Christ Jesus and he died for our sins. And now it's our responsibility to take this message to the world. It's a responsibility that we have. It's a purpose that we have. So when we begin thinking about the purpose of God, it's a place there for our thoughts to land. It's a place where, for myself, Often I, I think about just in my prayer time, God, what do you want me to do today? And this is a place to land my thoughts. God, what? It's, well, it's an actionable thing. It's an actionable thing to have your thoughts centered around what is God's purpose for my life? Because God has a purpose for you. God will speak to you about what that purpose is. If you... Allow your thoughts to dwell on it. If you allow your thoughts to be centered on what is the purpose of God. And now we don't have to make it harder than it is. Because a lot of times the purpose of God is a little more general than what we want it to be. Sometimes we want a very, very, very specific purpose that God would have. And it's like go and talk to this very person right here today. Instead, we may not uh, have that until the moment comes and God 
uh, is, is leading you or drawing you to that person. But in the, in the time where you're praying, in the time where you're thinking these thoughts about your purpose, just allow your mind to be centered on those things about what is God trying to do in me? God, what is your plan and your purpose for my life? Our last way of mastering this habit is that you would find a power to fuel your thoughts. There's power that extends beyond human ability and human reasoning. And that is the power of the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Spirit is working in you, when you are filled with the Spirit of God, that power, it begins to work beyond what is what you do yourself. And, and I believe when you partner with the Holy Ghost, when you are filled with the Holy Ghost and you allow the Holy Spirit to consume your thoughts, as we were um, pulling from that scripture earlier, when you allow that to fuel your thoughts, God will begin speaking to you and, and propelling you to do things that you never thought that you were capable of doing. It's the way that God does this, it's, it's genius on his part because he will inspire you to do something greater than you ever thought possible. You're going to have to have him in order to pull off the things that God reveals to you as what he wants to do in your life. And you, you're thinking as, as you're thinking about your purpose in life and, and you you know, God begins leading you down this road of these, these grand things that God wants to do in your, in, of your own self. You're like, I can't do that. But with God, all things are possible. With God, with the power of the Holy Ghost fueling my thoughts, it allows me to believe that whatever he would purpose for me is going to be possible for me. And that my destiny in this life is going to be so much greater as long as I continue to allow the Holy Spirit to propel my thoughts to think bigger things and greater things and to have a larger impact than I could ever truly think that I could have on my own. You know, diving in into relationship with others and to, and to, to, to believe that, that my impact on others you know, can, can be spirit-filled, can be uh, fueled by the Spirit. I believe that God wants to do great things in you and He wants to allow you to have an impact on others that goes far beyond what you ever thought possible. Let's, let's just uh, close our eyes all around this place here today as we wrap up this uh, Sunday school lesson this morning. I wonder as we close our eyes, if we could just begin to think about these habits, this habit that we're going to form. How, where, where is that place that you're going to meet with God? What, what thoughts have been consuming your mind? How is it that you're going to allow the word of God to become part of your daily routine? What is it that, that you need to allow to change? What, what, what areas of your life is God still forming, molding, changing you? If I'm going to develop this habit about thinking the way that God wants me to think, about allowing Him to form my thoughts in such a way that aligns or gets me to the purpose, destiny that He wants me to, well, God, what kind of changes do I need right now? And as you think, of, think on that, I want us today, if there's somebody that could commit to Him, 
Lord Jesus, I pray right now, God, that all throughout this place, that we could be intentional about creating this uphill habit. A habit that's not always easy. It's not always, uh, we may stumble along the way. As we go uphill, there may be a day that we miss or a a time that we feel as if we failed. But I don't want to just start heading down the hill just because I stumbled. And I don't want to just head down the hill because my thoughts began to center around things that, uh, that were not healthy. God, instead, let me begin to have a changing of my mind. Lord, let us repent of our ways, repent of our thoughts, God, for those are the thoughts, God, that, uh, Lord, if, if they're leading me away from you, God, I don't want to be led towards death, but I want to be led towards life and peace. God, so I pray today that in this place that we would have our minds stayed on you. For as long as our minds stayed on you, God, we have perfect peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. We sing that song that you're playing.